This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Bruce Sickler, who is both a reservation agent for American Airlines and, most importantly for this conversation this morning, program director of It's Cool to Fly. Bruce, good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning, Liz. Thank you. So we reached out to you, um, and actually you're on, I think you might actually officially be our um, one of our first guests when we changed the name of the show to 1 in 54. Um, the name of the show is reflective of the current statistics from the CDC study that uh, denote how many children in the United States are diagnosed on the spectrum, in the autism spectrum, in a given year. And so we're down to now 1 out of 54 children are receiving a diagnosis of autism. And I bring that up mostly because I think the more that that number changes and the more it uh, we learn about how many individuals, but also families, communities, neighborhoods, extended families, um, school districts, you know, the whole, all of society is impacted by um, autism, the more people are coming up with creative, innovative reactions and responses and proactive uh projects to support that population. So so I kind of wanted to frame it as that and remind people that the name of this show and podcast is now 1 in 54. And uh, without further ado, Bruce, I'm going to ask you to just um, tell us a little bit about It's Cool to Fly and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, thanks. Uh, it's Cool to Fly was started back in uh, 2014 officially. We launched it. Previously, I had a uh, got the idea of doing this program from a disability conference that I attended with all airlines throughout the country. They were talking about how the airport was soliciting airlines to actually do the program and do a mock simulation, uh, bringing the kids into the airport and um, going through all the ticket counter and everything, going through security, going to the gate, and then getting on the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Well, I brought this back, the idea back to the company, and I said, well, why can't we just do it in reverse? The airline solicits the community, because I thought this was a you know, great idea, and I didn't know at the time how fast it was going to grow um, <laughs> doing that, and it has really taken off. So what we do is we solicit out invitation to the various communities, organizations throughout where we actually fly cities that we fly in and out of so mm-hmm. um we just start that way we go through the motions we get them to go through like they said the ticket counter the security and then go into the gate area and waiting and then board the aircraft but our niche is we actually taxi around the airport when cool. possible so we get that feel of the doing a high-speed taxi actually taking off but not leaving the ground mm-hmm. gotta make that clear we don't leave the ground <laughs> Even though, even though they want us to, but we just do a high-speed taxi, which gets the vibrations, the noise, because all the sensory issues that follow some of the families, the children have various sensory issues that all gets kind of in the mix of the program. Mm-hmm. And that's how it uh, actually started. So uh, we, let, we launched it in 2014. 
and it has grown since to where we have been in 49 cities. Wow. And um, really, actually, we've done uh, a little over 1,500 families and a little over 5,000 people that we have uh, contact with. So You're answering all my questions already. That is, um, <laughs> that's amazing. So... Um, so before you go further, just for a minute, mm-hmm. let me go back a little bit. You went to a disability conference where you, you know, you probably learned about a lot of different things, including this, and then you kind of brought it back mm-hmm. to American and did it on the, the, the flipped it around. Mm-hmm. Is there any other reason why you were interested in this? I mean, is is there a personal reason, or is this something that you just have developed a, a, an interest in and a passion for in terms of working with people? Because I know as a reservation agent, you're probably interacting with people all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, really, it, it hits home because I do have a disability. I travel with my mobility scooter around, and I see when I had my accident back in 1993 mm-hmm. how difficult it is to actually go through the airport, even with a mobility device. So think about branching it out to other disabilities. And it's a hidden disability because you're not seeing somebody who's on the spectrum. You don't know. You don't right. see that. So I have a physical disability, so hidden disability is like, okay, this is something that's needed. And it actually is twofold because it actually helps the community to practice the mock simulations, bring the families to the airport, but it also gives us, uh, our agents, an opportunity to um, bring awareness and education on people who have hidden disabilities that are traveling. So it's not just like, oh, my child's unruly, that child's unruly, their family members, this and that. Right. No, they actually have a hidden disability. And it brings that sensor issue and that compassion on how to handle various situations. That's really right. So it has it has both components where you're broadening awareness and education about, and we talk we talk about this in Anderson quite frequently. But it is something that I like to also get out there that, that this difference you know, between a hidden disability and another kind of disability, mm-hmm. autism is one of those where so many times we hear from families that people just ex- assume that their child who's maybe having some sensory overload or or just you know, need a place to kind of be calm and, and calm themselves right. down or, or just have people give them a few minutes, you know, and yeah. not be so judgmental, you sure. know, that they get, the, that people sort of jump to that conclusion that they're just being, um, an, you know, an unruly person um, and why can't mm-hmm. that family just get that, that kid to, um, to be more quiet. So you're kind of mm-hmm. doing that educational aspect as well as providing a really direct service because another mm-hmm. thing that I know from the work that I do at Anderson <laughs> and other people I've spoken to on this uh, show as well is that families, by and large, who have a child with autism, there's many things that that as soon as those traditional stereotypical behaviors start to kind of emerge, there's a lot of things that those families end up just saying, we're not going to do that anymore. Travel is one of them. Right. It just gets too hard to navigate mm-hmm. through all of the different aspects of a trip. So, so you're also providing a direct service and making that you know, just a smoother opportunity. Um, so let me ask you this. On that note, you've, you've touched the lives of about 5,000 people, and that, I'm assuming, is, include, is not including the number of employees who you're affecting. So 5,000 right. people who are coming through the program, 1,500 families in 49 cities. What is the general reaction? Do you have a waiting list? Of, do people just flock to these opportunities when they come to a city near near them? Yes, 
we have a waiting list on every single one of these that we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, I mean, we, we, we limited at 120, and sometimes we go a little bit over. just depends on the size of the aircraft that we yeah. can get in the operation. But the the waiting lists are tremendously long um, every time. And so I keep a list of those on the waiting list and invite them the next time we're in that city first and foremost, and then that gives them the first opportunity, and then I've opened it up to the rest of the uh, population. So, yeah, and in doing this program, it also gives the opportunity to see how many employees who have children on their spectrum, Yeah, but you don't know it. Right. Oh, they don't talk about it, sure. the, they, don't, they don't talk about it, and this gives mm-hmm. them the opportunity to come and do invite them. I invite our employees, first and foremost, to do this because... They see it every day. They need to have that opportunity to come out and just give them the open door, per se, to talk about, oh, my child is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's not a shameful thing. It helps them to understand. It helps their colleagues to understand, okay, that's great. How can we help? How can we assist, you know, next time you travel? Right. You're right. Travel is very, very limited when it comes to somebody on the spectrum, and this gives them another opportunity, another doorway to actually go into flying and getting, say, flying, going to Disney World. Yeah. You know, instead of driving in a vehicle 24 to 72 hours, mm-hmm. you're on a plane, you're there in less than four hours, five hours, depending on where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So it gives them that opportunity. And when these families come, you can see the parents, you know they they're, they're great. They want to do this. They come to the airport. You see their te- they, you know they're they're tense. Their reaction. They're nervous. They get on that plane. As soon as they come off that plane after the after the event, they're smiling. They're relieved. You just see the, the it's the what if factor. I call it the what if factor. What if something happens? Yeah. What if my child doesn't? Do it? It's okay. We yeah. understand. We can make those arrangements to. And when they do travel on this next time. We have them to come, and we know because we have their reservation ahead of time to let us know, and we can have somebody there to help guide them through the whole process if need be. Mm-hmm. And if they get to the gate, they can't get on the plane, we will look at, you know, kind of like give, give them some time, you know, let them calm, kind of calm down. And if they can't calm down to get on the flight, we'll get them on the next available flight. It's all doable. That's great. That's great. So you're really so you're 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 following these folks. You're giving them. It's it's like you're um, you're creating a community at the airport that is mm-hmm. um, that's for them, and that's uh, it's right. um, it's fantastic. I have now I have a series of follow up questions, but we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> and when we come back, I'm going to get into some of these questions I have based on what you were just sharing because it all sounds so fantastic, sure. um, and I want to make sure people learn as much as they can today. So this is one in fifty four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism. Spectrum Disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. If you live, work, or frequently visit the Hudson Valley, you've probably passed by the sign for Anderson Center for Autism countless times. Have you ever wondered what our award-winning educational and residential program is all about? Well, let me shed some light. Ours is a place where evidence-based practices marry creative solutions, where students with autism learn how to communicate using whatever modality works best for them. 
where they learn independent living and vocational skills in nurturing environments, where their families enjoy visits full of special moments, where professionals come from all corners of the globe to obtain high-level training, where staff build rewarding careers, and where people develop lifelong connections. Learn more about our work optimizing the quality of life for people with autism by visiting us online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Or schedule a tour by calling us today at 845-889-4034. 845-889-4034. Welcome back to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And today I'm speaking with Bruce Sickler, who is a reservation agent at American Airlines and also program director of uh, It's Cool to Fly, which... Bruce, remind me, before we end, we've got to give some information about how people can learn more about It's Cool to Fly. I assume you have a website? No, we don't have a website okay. yet, um, but they can actually email me at uh, bruce.sickler at aa.com. Okay. Bruce.sickler at aa.com, and I mm-hmm. then just ask you about how to get more information or get on the waiting list for It's Cool to Fly? Right, yes. And if we're in that city that they're, that they're emailing from, we send them an invitation to the event. You know, so it, and that's just, it's nice. I, I, was, I was saying to you off, uh, off air for a minute that, you know, you really, commu- or at the end of the first uh, segment, that you've created a community. Um, and that, even that, is part of that community. I think um, so many families feel so isolated when they're raising a child um, with autism that knowing that they're actually going to hear you on this podcast and every, anywhere else that you've promoted this program, and then they're actually going to be able to write to you. <laughs> and they're going to, you know, that really does make a difference. I think people, I think we're getting better as a, as a society in general, but I think people really still need to feel like there's somebody there, a, a person who gets it and is going to respond. So I love that. So if you're interested in learning more about It's Cool to Fly, email Bruce Sickler at bruce.sickler at aa.com. All right. So... So we've talked about the impact that this is having on the American Airlines employees, the families, the the process a little bit in terms of uh, then going from the mock experience to a, the real experience where you're coming and mm-hmm. as a family and you're getting ready to go on your trip. Um, I, I wanted to point out for our listeners that, you know, there are a lot of tourist destinations that are all about becoming autism-supportive and autism-friendly and more ed- educating their employees about how to be understanding and supportive of a family who's bringing a loved one with autism to a theme park, a beach, a restaurant, a, a busy place that a lot of people go. But people with autism should not be excluded or even feel excluded from those same locations. It's important to be able to move in the direction that we've been moving. But without the ability to get comfortably to those destinations, it, it leaves a huge gap. So I just wanted to thank you, Bruce, for putting together It's Cool to Fly because that is one of those things that, that actually get somebody from their home out to a new destination, which the destination itself might be set up really beautifully to support somebody with autism, but if the way there is so stressful and overwhelming that a family can't even fathom getting there, 
it, it doesn't nearly have the impact that, that we want it to. So, so I think that that's doing this huge service to people. Can you talk about, like, what was the initial reaction when you brought back the idea of It's Cool to Fly to, to I assume, your colleagues and supervisors at American Airlines? Was it an immediate, yes, we can do this, or, or were there questions? What, did it feel very new? <laughs> It was really new. Um, it was like, how can we do this without inf- affecting the operation in any way? So there was a lot of logistics behind the scenes, how to put it together, because obviously you need an aircraft, you need a crew, you got to have the right a number of crew members, flight attendants, and everybody in place that day. And the biggest thing is just getting the aircraft. So what we do is we do these on Saturday where the operation does not be has no really not an impact on it because it's mm-hmm. kind of our lighter flying days and so forth depending mm-hmm. on the city and just putting together an aircraft um, getting an aircraft that's available that's open so and that's the hardest part I mean there's been times where we at the last second during the whole event while people are sitting at the gate, that we don't have an airplane um, that we had before because they had to put it back in the operation. So Mm -hmm. we have to scramble, try to find another one. And what we do is we do it like an off-schedule operation, like, um, you know, flight delay. All these flights have been delayed, da-da-da. It's now going to be starting at this time instead of before. So... Well, we've all experienced that. That's probably just adds to the experience, right? <laughs> it does. It it surely does. And we do it. Um, we have a lot of those like that. Small airports. We do a lot of regional airports because mm-hmm. those the the regional aircraft, of course, is a lot different than the mainline aircraft with the noise, jet engine noise, the vibration. They're smaller aircraft. So we have to do a lot of that, a lot of those cities that we try to do smaller airports because you got to come from the smaller airports to the larger airports to connect, to get to mm-hmm. your final destination sometimes. So we do that. So. But Sounds like a tremendous kind of amount of logistics that have to go into something like that. Yeah, we planned it about six to eight weeks mm-hmm. and, uh, time frame for each city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an ongoing process all year. And... It works out. Well, it works out. So on that note, because, you know, the time on these interviews always goes fast, and we're down to our Mm -hmm. last five minutes or so, I'd love for you to give our listeners a real kind of a window into the impact that you see through this program. So is there a story, um, something very specific about maybe one individual or one group of um, of participants, uh, maybe a single family that really just you know you'll never forget, you know, seeing seeing how this affected mm-hmm. them. Um, could you could you tell us a story? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, there was one event that we were at where the family was bringing their, their child in, and the father wanted to go home. His home was overseas, and I think it was in Berlin or somewhere in Germany. Mm-hmm. And they ha- he has never been home in almost 20-some years oh. because they couldn't travel. Every, you know, they couldn't get on the uh, no, the child couldn't get on the plane. So, it, with a little coaxing, it took a while because he'd only get to the jet bridge and he would stop at the at the door of the aircraft. It wouldn't get on. Oh yeah. So after maybe about ten minutes or so, they got him on the plane, they got him in the seat, and then the cat 
and he just couldn't couldn't sit there on the plane because it was you know his sensory he was just getting overloaded overloaded and the father was just pleading with him to please please we need to go on this trip and this trip I already bought tickets two weeks after the event mm-hmm. so they were going and you know <laughs> the father was crying and finally we got the captain to come over and you know he, the captain has a child on the spectrum so he mm-hmm. was trying to coax him and you know talk to the child get his attention and kind of get his mind away from the event kind of just isolate him just a little bit and focus and the captain was talking to him and finally caught the child was just calming down calming down finally got him in the seat got his seat belt on and we started you know backing away from the, the jet bridge and then going around the airport taking a high-speed taxi and got back to the plane he got off the plane right away because he, he, he couldn't take it anymore right but after that after that the um you know it's just that that impact the initial impact of the father was so relieved his son made it on the plane he got yeah. to the event and he could come and we made kind of arrangements for him to come to the airport just a one-on-one basis to do just a little walkthrough again mm-hmm. before they do take their trip sitting on a plane longer than eight hours yeah not going to be very you know you know helpful or any it's going to be really anxiety is really going to kick in mm-hmm. so uh yeah i mean it's it's stories like that and we also have adults that are mm-hmm. on the spectrum sure that do through this event we don't we don't turn anybody away whoever okay. wants to come on we, we we let them come on and it's just you know, it's that positive experience. Just to see them get on the plane, come off the plane, and enjoy themselves. And yeah. we had a was it Louisville? We had a regional carrier, regional airport where the son used to travel when he was really small. But when he got older, he was like he's a teenager now. He would not get on the plane for nothing. And finally, they coaxed him. His grandfather got him on the plane, yeah. and we had two taxis that day, so we had two different aircrafts coming back and forth. And he got on the first plane. He was kind of nervous. Wouldn't do, wouldn't smile. Wouldn't do anything. Yeah. He got off the plane. He did high five and everybody off the jet bridge <laughs> through the airport, jumping uh-huh. around. And so he was. And then he, then his grandfather asked, "You know, you want to go on another? You know, go on another one." Just because it was a turnaround, so we just did another plane, got him back. He went back on the second plane, Aww. came through, same thing, high five and everybody. He was That's so great. excited. So, yeah. so you really, everybody gets to see just the successes mm-hmm. and, and, and just how proud folks are of, of achieving a goal. And right. um, instead of having people say, well, that'll never happen and kind of go to the next chapter. So mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those stories, Bruce, um, and so much for putting this program together. We're really couldn't be happier to, to share the information um, about It's Cool to Fly. So I'll just repeat um, before we end that if you're interested in finding out if this program is coming to a city near you and how to get more information, you can email Bruce directly at bruce.sickler at AA.com. That's Bruce.Sickler at AA.com. And uh, Bruce, just 
Keep it going. Good for you. Congratulations, <laughs> thank you. and thank you for what you're doing for folks on the autism spectrum. It's obviously having a huge impact, and we appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Eliza. Appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 